Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question number 36. What's it like being married to a creative when you aren't one? It's my interview with Amanda Nephew. This is possibly the most interactive podcast episode I have ever done in my year of doing these conversations. Oh man, I'm pumped. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. For those of you joining us for the first time, my name is Rob Morgan, and for the past 10 years, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director. This is my podcast where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try to get past what it is they do to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, my friend, my... I'm going to have to say something about a bird, like always. Songbird! You have already said songbird. No, you have to, no! Yes. You said bluebirds. Uh, it's because of the window. Okay. Right, let me t- uh, yeah, I'll give you. A, I'll buy you a little bit more time. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, my friend, my tall drink of water. My tall drink of water, <laughs> and I'm six six. So you, she's ginormous. I am so glad that this podcast does not have to deal with sponsors. If it did, I would be uh, forced, convinced, uh, pleaded with, required by law to tell you that Guinness is the greatest beer in the world. Whoa. (laughs) I mean, I don't disagree, Uh, but that's pretty hefty. Can I offer you a Guinness? Yes, please. I'm so parched. Mm. Mm. Mother's milk. Totally Guinness. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, do you have any uh, Guinness facts for us today? Yes. Uh, You might be surprised to find out that Guinness has the same health benefits as eating a whole cluster of bananas. (laughs) That, you heard it here, folks. You know what? In the afternoons, 3 p.m., I have an alarm on my phone. 3 p.m. goes off, and I look down, and it says, eat your cluster of bananas every day. And swapping that out for Guinness every day has been the greatest choice decision for my health and, quite honestly, for my time and schedule that I've ever made. Yeah, it's a lot quicker. Back to you, Rob. Back to me, Rob. Uh, Those of you that have been following along with this podcast know that every week we ask Sarah a question. Those questions come from you, the listeners. And this week, the question comes from John Weirwick. He wrote into, uh, where where is this from? Oh, he wrote into the website, thecuriouspod.com slash contact. You can fill out a form right there. Write to us. He asked, You've had some engaging conversations on the podcast about alcohol. What three specific beer, wine, or cocktails do you have meaningful memories about or with? I realize that I am not able to read out loud (laughs) unless I talk like this. I have the reading skill of a fourth grader. Mm, Okay. I'll just answer this however my brain interpreted it. Um, So specific memories would be 
You're drinking Augustiner beer at the Augustiner Beer Garden in Salzburg. Yes. That was just like a really beautiful place, special moment. Um, Salzburg, Austria. Another thing that I have a fond memory of is when we were wee little babies and we're just discovering craft cocktails, we got this little kit at our local shop, Certix, that had, um, it was for gin and tonics. So it was a Bombay Sapphire kit. It came with the gin, yeah. the tonic, a little knife that actually was a great knife, a juicer, whatever. Um, it's one of those, hey, have you never made a cocktail in your entire damn life? So that's another one that I have kind of a fond memory of. Oh, there's just so many different ones. Yeah. But those are some examples I have. Okay. Here's, here's my deal. And you and I talk about this all the time. There is such a link between culture mm-hmm. and drinks that people have and food. Food and drinks, if you want to go, if you're, so for me, when he said this question, I instantly thought of travel. So my meaningful memories are whenever I am in a new place, I want to try the local drink of choice. If I'm uh, here in the States, I want to try, do you have a local brewery uh, that I can try something I've never had before? Or even eating cultures, I feel like it's such a cultural link. Oh, Oh my gosh. Our cat has jumped up on the counter and is trying to eat a baguette. Thanks for knocking him down. Okay, anyways. Okay, I would like to say that if I had been given more time to think about this, I would have come up with much cooler answers. Well, you can think about it. So here's here's what I... I don't want to think about it. I want to go. (laughs) Okay, John, thank you for writing in. If you would like to be a part of the conversation, this podcast, the three best ways for you to be a part of this and ask Sarah questions is head over to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe. Five stars only. And in your comments, leave a question that we will read to Sarah. Also, you can write into the website like John did, thecuriouspod.com slash contact. Send us a message. We'd love to hear what you're thinking, if any of these uh, episodes have impacted you uh, or these guests. If you'd like any information, it's right there on the website. And the third way is the podcast hotline. Now, I say the podcast hotline because it plays a crucial role in this week's episode. Now, here's 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 how this entire episode went down and what makes it the most interactive possible episode I've ever done. This last Friday, I was supposed to record an interview with somebody and I was in town playing a show that night and both things got canceled. I found myself with an entire Friday open. And so I decided that I would shoot out an Instagram video. I said, hey, if you're a listener of the podcast, He's fine. I, you can knock him down. If There's you nothing want. there for him to do. He's, our, Strider, is our cat, is back up on the counter. Anyways, on Instagram, I made a post and said, hey, if you listen to the podcast, I'm going to put this out there. If you think you'd be a great guest on the podcast, leave me a message saying what you'd want to talk about and let's literally make this the most interactive episode that we've ever had on the show. Tons of people wrote in, messaged me, but one that stood out the most was actually what I later found out to be a joke. Uh, Amanda Nephew, our friend, who I'll introduce you here in a minute, she commented on the picture saying, the conversation topic would be, what's it like being married to a creative when you aren't one? And I was instantly fascinated by that comment, and I shot her a text and said, hey, I want you to be a part of this. And she said, I actually didn't read it all the way and didn't know it meant me sitting down talking with you. I thought it was just a topic that you should talk about Mm, in general on the podcast, which I loved even more. So I said, just by hearing that, we have to sit down and record a conversation. Now, here's the deal. When I read that the first time, 
my brain split that comment up into two things. First of all, what is even creativity? To think that someone is creative, or I've talked to tons of people that say, well, I just don't feel like I'm a creative person. Uh, and then the other side of that is being married to someone that doesn't function the same way you do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and especially on the level of being married to a musician, uh, that's something I feel like anybody that's listening to this podcast is going to be able to relate to one of two sides of that relational di- dialogue. Yeah. So on the side of what does it mean to be creative, I ask people to call into the podcast hotline and leave a message telling me, what is your definition of creativity? Do you consider yourself to be a creative person? You guys called in. Here are a few of the messages that were left on the podcast hotline. Welcome back to the best of Dr. Marsha Fieldstone, clinical psychologist and the friend you never had. Sleepless in Seattle. Well, I'm, I'm going to get out of bed every morning, breathe in and out all, all day long. And then after a while, I won't have to remind myself to get out of bed in the morning and breathe in and out. Hello. Hello. Who's there? I'm talking. Hello. Who is this? You know what this is. This is Jason Bourne. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Is this a fake hang-up? It's a fake hang-up. Hi, Rob. This is Brooke Fitzwater, and I am from Nashville, Tennessee, for now. Um, So I think the deal with creativity is that we as a society kind of put it in a box and try to confine it and make it into something that it isn't. Um, I think in its rawest form, creativity is the synthesis of two or more things, and you put those together and you can create something entirely new and different or something that's small or insignificant or so you might think, such as instead of using eggs, you use applesauce in a recipe or something. I think I kind of walked that weird line um, with creativity because I'm both a biologist um, and I'm also an artist, so for my biology side, I study marine biology, animal behavior, and fish. And then on my artistic side, I'm a photographer, I'm a painter, um, and then I'm also a filmmaker. And so I kind of walk that weird line between the thing that people don't think of necessarily as creative and then like hyper-creative, or so people say. So I think that we need to stop thinking about creativity in the sense of, oh, you are only creative if you make music or you draw or something like that, and think about it more of along the lines of a spectrum. Hey, Rob, it's Kira in Dallas. My definition of creativity, it can be a pretty broad concept. Um, a lot of people, when they think of creative, they think of someone who's artistic. You know, they they make music, they write books. Um, in that aspect, uh, I'm definitely a creative person. Uh, but I think creativity can also apply to people who come up with uh, interesting and innovative solutions to things. I think that too many people get hung up on thinking of creativity as artistic only, and they don't give credit where it's due to people who are creative in different ways. And so I'd like to give those people a shout out. Um, If you don't think you were a creative person and you want to be a creative person, I'm pretty sure if you sit down and think about it long enough, at some point you have come up with something in your life 
at some point that has made the world a better place. And if you have done that, if you have made something that has improved the world, you are a creative person. Maybe you're not a 100% all the time creative person, but I think that everybody is at some level creative. Anyway, that's my two cents. Rob, the idea that you have a podcast hotline is hilarious, and I'm all about it. This is Steve Gould. I think a creative person is someone who envisions or imagines a thing that doesn't actually exist but could exist. And the act of creativity is the work that one puts in toward making a thing that doesn't actually exist, bringing that thing into existence. Um, creative person imagines that a thing could be and then works to make it be. That's what I think. Love you. <laughs> Do you want to explain that last one? It's creativity, man. I don't have to explain it. That last Actually, it's not creative. I stole that song from the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> what went through your mind? You said, I'm going to call the podcast hotline of Rob's and just sing. Yeah, that's pretty much the extent of it. <laughs> uh, that last uh, clip was Sarah calling and just leaving a message. <laughs> These were so awesome. Thank you to everyone else that called into the podcast hotline. If you want to call the hotline and leave a message, leave a question for Sarah, talk about any of this this episode or your thoughts on other conversations I've had, I'd love to hear from you. The hotline number is 612-584-9330. Yes, it is real. Yes, you can call it whenever you want. You could just sing to it if you want. You it's fine. Just call the podcast hotline and sing me a song. I would love that. Uh, <laughs> let's dive into this. Amanda Nephew. Oh, man. In this episode, we talk, one of the things she's very, uh, I'm, I'm very conscious about is she talks about uh, she's constantly introduced as Jasper's wife. Mm. So I, I want to get around. I, I wouldn't know Amanda if it weren't for being married to Jasper Nephew, who plays electric guitar. Uh, we to- we've toured all over the world together. He played in Owl City, uh, multiple other artists. We are He's one of my closest friends, married to Amanda Nephew, and that is how we've become friends with her. She's awesome, and she's the perfect freaking person to have a conversation about this with because she is a licensed marriage and family therapist. So her it, relationship is perfect. So her relationship is perfect. She's got it all figured out. No, she hasn't. But she has. She has a very intentional outlook. Here's here's the deal. Um, I got a little emotional at the end of this episode. I teared up in this oh, episode. Just you and Amanda and just, Jasper. Uh, uh, Jasper was inside. We were on the deck of Jasper and Amanda's backyard patio. And I just got emotional because here, here's the thing. I ha- there's a quote from someone I toured with a while back. A guy named. Reggie Dabbs. He is said to be the number one youth motivational speaker in the world at the time that we were traveling out with him. And he was awesome. Uh, And I think I was like 19, 20 at the time. And we'd tour uh, through the US and we would play like rock cover tunes and be like the band for him. And I remember we were hanging out in one of the green rooms. I say green room like now, we were hanging out in some school auditorium one time and we were just having a conversation and he said, you know, I am have been awarded with this title or people say I'm the number one youth motivational speaker in the world. 
but it's not true. I'm not number one. The number one person that is the greatest at this is somewhere at home and he's not allowed to leave the house and go do this and fulfill his calling because his wife won't let him leave. And he just said, he talked, this is before we were married. And that was just his point of the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is who you marry. Eek. Yeah. Uh, and I always say with you, I'm so glad I didn't understand how big of a deal it is the person you marry and how big that changes the trajectory of your life. Because if it di- if I did understand that, no way would we have ever gotten married because I'd been crippled by it. And you would have lost the hell out. I would have lost the hell out on Hopi. Uh, and everybody else would have on this podcast because really, that's all you're worth. You're <laughs> and a then voice you cried. A microphone. Yeah, and then we were, so we were talking, <laughs> we just got emotional because I was just, at the I very cried. end, anyways, if you listen to it at the very end, I just got emotional because I was thinking about uh, what I thought about you and I think about her and I think about the other, my other, any other friends and their significant others, what the sacrifices that's made. Uh, to allow someone to go on tour or even just pursue a career in music or anything in arts, whatever someone would say is creative. Anyways, it's just a ton, and I'm so thankful for it. So publicly, thank you. I'm not going to get emotional right now, but I could. Anyways, uh, I do want to say one more thing about this. Amanda gave me and everybody that listens to this a gift, and that gift is vulnerability. She talks super openly about her relationship with Jasper, what that looks like, some of the struggles, and I just want to say I never want to take advantage or for granted uh, the vulnerability of uh, my guests that I'm having on this podcast. So if anything in here, she talks about you know Jasper, her relationship with him as a creative and things that they have to think about in their relationship. It's not a Jasper and Amanda thing. This, the, that's why I want to put this out there because it, it's a Rob thing. It's a, anybody that does this for a living or is in this kind of dynamic of a relationship deals with this stuff. So I feel like this episode is probably one of the most impactful and important I've done when it comes to relationships. And there's a ton of great takeaways. So anyway, I just want to say, Amanda Nephew, massive thank you for your openness. And l- l- as always... All these are done on location, and there's a map, thecuriouspod.com slash map. You can go on there and see where these uh, locations have been recorded, and obviously there's no way in hell I'm putting <laughs> I was just about to give you a hard time. Uh, Here is exactly where so they put live. Their so uh, their, their addresses, they're not on the map, but you can head over there and see where the rest of these have been taking place at. And if you want to dive in, we recorded a video of this. It's on YouTube. Just search The Rob Morgan on YouTube. Do you have anything else you want to say before we uh, dive get on in? our sailboat? Yes, we're heading out right now, <laughs> and Sarah is halfway off her chair. Our because- sailboat. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we realized this afternoon that uh, it's perfect outside, so we're gonna head over to Lake Nokomis, go for a quick sail. Uh, I don't know if you really wanted to do this right now. See, here's another here's another part to the equation. What's the equation? The equation is I've got this podcast. We always talk about I talk about this with you and I way too much. Probably just like any other creative that's diving in and passionate about something, significant other has to hear about the ramblings all the time. Yep. And this, I want you I love having you be a part of these, but this is not your thing. And so you being a part of this is I just take it as a personal favor. Every time you do this, and just one more thing to add to the relational dynamic. So you owe me a lot of back rubs, big boy. <laughs> All right, then we'll be even. Well, you'll never catch up. You could give me a back rub every day and still not have caught up.
for specifically this afternoon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay. Let's dive into my conversation with Amanda. Hovey, thank pee. you. You're welcome. I gotta go pee pee. Okay, I'll let you go pee. I feel like a lot of people listening to this mm-hmm. would find themselves in one of those two categories. Like they'd consider themselves a creative or not. Mm-hmm. So you're perfect for this. Uh, so anyways. Perfect. Okay, so what do, you, what do you think creativity means to you? Like what's th- what pops in your mind? Well, I think it comes from the fact that I am not musical. I'm not, I, I go on Pinterest and I see things and I think I, couldn't, I can't do this. Even, even like that kind of stuff. Like I'm not artsy. I can't, yes. I don't like de- home decor. Yes. Like Jasper buys all of our stuff. He buys most of my clothes because I don't even like clothes shopping and I can't even like put an outfit together on my own. So like even that, I, in my head, I think I'm just, I'm like, oh, I'm not creative yes. because of these things. Am I creative in my own way in my job? A hundred percent. Yes. But in the proper creativity definition, no way. Yeah. And so for Jasper, it's like, well, of course he is. He's, he thinks so differently. He's. Yes. It's Jasper. He wears colors. Yes. I wear gray. Yes. And not that, I mean, you're. Oh yeah. You know, for but sure. his brain is so different than mine in such a obvious creativity Yes. Okay. So we were eating lunch right before this and yeah. you said y- we were just talking about exactly that just a second ago. Mm-hmm. And the f- I connect with what you just said because I consider my, I've always considered myself a creative person like back in the day, like figuring stuff out, putting stuff together mm-hmm. whatever it is. But when I go on tour with Jasper and I hang out with him or we're hang- just whatever our interactions are and I see him, I think I might not be as creative as I thought. If that mm, makes sense. Yeah, totally. Because he is so far into tapping into creating things that I wouldn't, I'm like, I don't understand where, how you got there mm-hmm. and the way. Exactly. Yes. Right. So I, I'm just, I'm yep. just fascinated because if mm-hmm. someone like you, who you guys are married mm-hmm. and then you are, you feel yourself even further on the spectrum than I do of not even considering yourself creative, mm-hmm. what that looks like. Okay. So here's a question. Okay. This thought of you feeling not creative, do you, is there like a memory that comes to mind ever of being like a kid mm-hmm. that you thought, oh, maybe I'm not creative? Yep. So very, cl- I had- I want to get to the bottom. Yeah, this is, oh, that's such a good therapy kind of question. I know, the roles are reversed. Talk about, as soon as my you, childhood. As soon as you want to just, just start doing therapy on me in this I'm interview. on maternity leave, so. <laughs> You're out. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> this is not yeah. happening. Um, Okay, so in fifth grade, I had this teacher named Mrs. Brooks, mm-hmm. and she was really into art. We did a lot of art. It was a lot of the the cla- the, the uh, structure of fifth grade was no. you get all your school, you get all your work for the whole in her class only in um for the whole week. Yeah, and then you have till Friday to do it. So if you do it all on Monday, the rest of the week you can just do whatever you want in class. But if you have to have done on Friday, yes. And so she was very like, free, and I hated it because I was like, "Tell me what to do, how to do it, when to do it, like give me structure." I hate even in fifth grade. I was like, "I need where are the rules, where are the boundaries." Totally. Yes. And then we did this art thing, and she reacted, and I can so remember her reaction. And this is, we had to do um, <laughs> ornaments. We had to paint ornaments. Yes. And her reaction was, she said, "Oh, this is so lovely." But her body language and her tone was, wow, I can't believe that you actually did this. Oh, really? Because y- y- 
I didn't realize that you had any artistic yes. ability, and this is fairly normal and fine. And go, yeah. like, wow, this is I'm surprised what? for someone with your mental handicap. Exactly. <laughs> this is actually exactly. really surprising. And I remember uh. so clearly being like, yeah, and then processing it even as a kid, thinking, yes. I feel like that was almost like a like a dig, like but a, yes. But I was gonna take it because look at this ornament; oh. it's actually really good. Yeah. So I, You're like, it's a good so thing. In my brain. Oh, yeah. so it's like this defining thing of like, oh, m- maybe I'm maybe I'm translating this weird, but it could be something where it's like, oh, maybe I didn't realize that I'm not creative. I think it was more wow, I was creative for like this moment, yeah. but it was more of an exception to the rule mm. than the rule itself. Like that was like my I peaked <laughs> that ornament in fifth grade. It was my creative That's so peak. good. What's it? I've done and it. It was done. This is my <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so. So funny. I remember thinking, yeah, even she, who's like the best teacher, realizes I'm not creative, and I was like, that's fine. I don't have to be. It's okay. Oh, it, fascinating. Because I, I wonder how much I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of creativity is actually permission, whether external Mm -hmm. or internal, giving yourself permission just to be like, I'm gonna, whatever the Mm -hmm. cliche of creativity would be. Or is it just just defined? Yes. In a certain way. Like you are, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Like it has to be art to be, you have to be, or it has to be, you have to create something that's entertainment based or something where I create change in clients yes in a very creative way but that's yeah. seen as technical and clinical that's not seen as creative but i think it's very creative in the way that i can ask certain questions and follow up in certain ways and set them up to explore things in a way that they don't know i'm doing that i feel like that's yes. creative but that would be seen as oh no that's just like your clinical training yes but i'm still creating change in these people but it's just uh, not tangible yeah so i see it in that way yes but it's still not defined as I wouldn't define myself as creative because that's not the def- within the definition of what you're still doing are. something. Yeah. This is creative. Yeah, I've been okay. I'm fascinated with that because I one of my biggest pet peeves is the term young creative. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest load of crap I've ever <laughs> heard in my life, and I'm I'm passionately against that term because it's it's just I don't know. There's so many reasons behind it. I could just I just can feel yeah. my blood boiling right now even saying those two words together, young creative. But the thought of it. <laughs> It, to me, it puts people in a box of saying, well, if you're old, then you're not creative. Mm-hmm. Creatives, you're young. You need to be a young person. Then you're thinking for yourself. And then it, the, also there's this mindset that goes along with it that says, uh, well, you, uh, we're, we're not, th- I don't know. We're not, we're not going to do a profession or that means this is, it just is more, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just more segregating. This is creative mm-hmm. and this is not. It's a value I'm, system almost. Of yes. Like young creative is gig mentality and really entrepreneurial and very brave. Yes. Where if you're a young person who isn't considered creative and have a normal job, you're not brave. You're not really, you're not, you're not embracing oh. the essence of being a millennial then. Yes. Oh man. Creativity as linked to bravery. That's totally. fascinating. I've never thought of that before. I haven't before. either. That, I, yeah, I wonder it is because um, I also think there's a, another link on the negative side of that creativity is sometimes linked to irresponsibility mm-hmm. and the used in a way. as an excuse. Mm-hmm. I see that all the time because I feel like I'm 
and like I was saying a minute ago of like I consider myself a creative but I also think a little bit more analytically mm-hmm. and my other interests outside of something that is cliche creative creativity which is music mm-hmm. I have other interests outside of that that other people might not consider creative so then it just gives me this identity totally. crisis yeah uh, and being in music mm-hmm. I see people I won I wonder how often creativity is used as an excuse to like well I'm just creative I don't have to think mm-hmm. about think long term I don't have to plan I don't have to work hard mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that yeah I, I think it goes both ways where um, people if you, I see it more as being someone on the outside of that where you look in and look at this subculture of young creatives or creatives in general yeah. not feeling like I am one of those and people will look down, like even when I people say, "Oh, you know, what does your husband do? Oh, he's a musician. Oh, a starving artist." It's like, yes. nope, actually, we're not starving. We're fine, yeah. you know. Yes. But it's that whole mentality of, "Oh, he must just be like an amateur, or he must just, he must just be pursuing this hobby because he doesn't want to get a real job." Yes. But good thing you're a marriage and family therapist because you have the stability. You have the stability it's in like, it. Like, well, actually, well, actually. <laughs> I own my own practice, yeah, and so it's the, the same, same up thing. and down. Yeah. Yes, I wonder if, okay, so stability too uh, in creativity. I realized over the past few years that I, if being creative, pursuing a life in music or creativity means being a starving artist mm-hmm. or being like that gigger mm-hmm. who is just like floating through life and just hoping hoping things line up. Mm-hmm. I have zero interest in that. Right. And. It wasn't until recently that I realized, oh, those two, those two things are maybe not linked as much hmm. as I thought they were. Just like you're saying, like, well, oh, you're a musician. When are you going to get some work ethic yeah. and get a real job? Right. Oh, man. Okay. And if anybody knows Jasper, he's got the most work ethic of anybody I've ever met. Yeah. I mean, he's... It, I mean, it's, 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 it is fascinating. You have... A, we'll, we, like last night, too. Did he do... Did he teach last night? He taught all day yesterday. Yes. And then afterwards, too. It was one of those things where, and maybe maybe it was two nights, maybe not last night, but the night before we had a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people were like, hey, let's go grab drinks or grab a coffee or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. afterwards. And Jasper's like, I've got lessons. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's 8.30 at night. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I don't just have to take time off and just hope things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, before we like move on to like the relational thing, mm-hmm. what I think you mentioned it a little bit, but in being a therapist... What is, what is something that you would consider being creative? Where's creativity in that where you think the majority of people wouldn't realize the need for creativity to be a therapist, if that makes mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. You kind of alluded to it for a yeah, second Yeah, I think there. it's uh, being creative in asking questions at the right time, in circular manners, in ways that people get to where they need to be but they don't know they're being led there not in a manipulative way but in a yes so they can own their answer instead of me saying here's what's going on with you yes so it's being able to manage being in relationship with a person and not assuming you're the expert but also knowing that you can see things that they can't so treading that very lightly that line where you lead them without having your agenda being pushed on them you have to be creative in that process otherwise you look like you are bulldozing them or you're too passive and you're one of those therapists that just says oh yeah i hear what you're saying oh that must be hard because that's not going to bring people anywhere yeah Yeah. so it's being in in the ditch with them but leading them and not pushing them that is you have to be creative in order to 
to do that well and for people to come back. Yeah. Okay. You said um, being. You said something that I, I realize is foreign to me. Uh, the realize. You said something about realizing you're not an expert mm-hmm. in that, and that is weird to me mm-hmm. because I would think if you, if I were in your shoes as the therapist, you're coming to me. I would just assume I am the ex- expert, mm-hmm. and you're here for my advice. But that's not the case. That's not how you hold yourself. Uh, not. That's not my philosophy in therapy because I am an expert in theory, in okay. um, interventions, in that. But I'm not an expert in your life, in your thought process, in that. I'm observing it, and I'm calling you out on it, and I'm helping you deliver it yes. differently. But that doesn't mean that I know what's best for you because I don't yeah. have every piece of information that you have about yourself. Yes. I'm coming in to your life in a very odd moment. Yes. People come into therapy in... Diff- difficult moments and if I just said this is who you are based on this time in your life I'm going to miss all the other parts yep and so you have to be cre- that's where the creativity comes is it's easy to cut. Co- it's easy to be a therapist if you're just going oh yeah mm-hmm. or it's easy to be a therapist and say okay here's what you need to do yeah. and you have to do this or you can't come back and see me yeah but where the balance and the dance really comes into play is that in between part okay um Two two things that stood out to me there. One is I'm fascinated by framing scenarios mm-hmm. and situations. And when I work with artists, I think a big lack of people that are doing, co- like in my line of work, a concert, mm-hmm. they don't frame a situation. They come in and say, well, this is what I do. I'm going to, I'm going to just be myself and just unload it here and without mm-hmm. taking an instance or like taking an awareness of what they're stepping into the, mm-hmm. t- the venue, the, the, the context, the context of, of everything. Yep, right. So that I think that's awesome that you think existentially of like, okay, this isn't just happening here. Mm-hmm. This is just a moment I'm carving into mm-hmm. your story, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing you said, I, I love is something when people I've had conversations with people saying well I don't know what to talk about like I'm not a professional in anything like who am I to to Mm -hmm. do something whether it's creative or write about something or talk about something I have said it all the time like no you're an expert in your own story right exactly but I've never heard anybody in like a therapy situation recognize that in someone else Mm -hmm. of like no to you this is the most important thing Mm -hmm. and to you I don't know anything about who you are and what you're mm-hmm. going through. That's just fascinating mm-hmm. to me. I don't, I'm just realizing if I was a therapist, I'd have like 10 times more ego than you do. <laughs> oh, funny. Okay. Um, all right. Give me your opinion on this. Okay. Uh, when you talk, I'm con- when we were just trying to figure out even before recording, like what, do, what is creativity in mm-hmm. this whole thing? Cause that's a big definer. I think two things that come to mind are one, I, think of people that don't consider themselves creative mm-hmm. uh me included in my confusion of my life uh thought <laughs> that creative people made things out of nothing that mm-hmm. let's just say we're talking about jasper mm-hmm. i thought he sits in his room and he stares at the wall for two hours until he comes up with the coolest guitar part and then he records it one pass and that's it mm-hmm. But all, really, it's going out in the world and getting as much information, listening to music, doing all this stuff. Again, and, it's context. And then putting it in yes, conte- exactly. different context. Right. And then, I don't know where I was going with the second thing of creativity. And you know, it's something you just said a minute ago about not not looking at, some, looking at something from a different angle. Like you're, when you sit down with someone that you're in therapy with, you have to look at it not from the obvious right here but how can I go around Mm -hmm. and not in a manipulative way Mm -hmm. but in a way that like a circular way circular way yeah 
maybe lets their guard down. Mm -hmm. Do mm -hmm. you have to find yourself, I mean, as much as we can respect like privacy here, mm -hmm. we're not in a relationship with someone that is creative. Do you find yourself thinking about that a lot? A hundred percent. Oh, yes. Re yep. This is all, and by the way, this is, it has nothing to do with anybody other than purely selfish. I'm taking, this is advice <laughs> for like how I can better figure out my relationship with Sarah. Okay. So a couple things. So Jasper and I are very different besides the creative, non-creative piece. We're just very different people. And what I've learned, and we've been together 18 and a half years. Yeah. We've been married almost 13. Eight, 18, 18 and, and a half, half years. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And so we grew up really. Yeah. So many sort of our formative years, early you know adulthood was together, and so one thing that I've realized about him is he is not linear. Yes. <laughs> he does not go from A to Z. He gets to Z. Yes. But it is a wild ride. When you say non-linear, the first thing that pops in my mind meant because I'm such a visual person. I think of back in high school doing long division. Mm -hmm. When you like you you had to show your work yeah. and you do oh, every step yeah. and these are all your steps. Yep. Okay. I'm a step shower. He just gets yeah. the answer. Yeah. But he might have notes and drawings and pictures and things all over yeah. the page, but he still gets the same answer. Yeah. So one thing that I've learned is with that, I think that in the last year even has been a big deal for me. I don't know if it's just, I don't know what has happened. Maybe just being pregnant and like figuring out like, this is not about me anymore. I don't know. Something yeah. has changed, but you know, having a lot of anxiety, real anxiety, not mm -hmm. like worrying about things, but like real yeah. anxiety over so many years that I would look very rigid yes. and I would appear very rigid and I would act very rigid, but it was really fear-based and it was very much mm. feeling because I felt like I couldn't control him because I couldn't, I don't understand how his brain works. So I had to be more rigid because I felt like he was a moving target at all times. So for me to have any sense of homeostasis, I had to become more rigid in order to balance out his like yes, abstractness. Yes. And really it was more anxiety and fear than it yeah. was rigidity. And so I think once I figured out he's going to get, I can trust him. He's going to get to the, an answer. He's going to mm -hmm. get to that answer in the long division. Yes. I just have to let him do it differently than I would do it. Then I don't have to be so rigid because I don't have to fear he's not going to get there. Oh, yes. So I think that's, that is so awesome. I mean, I just been this thing about that just right now is like, I guess that's why I've been able to settle in a little bit. Yeah. Because over time, he's proved to me that even though his way is different, it's still fine. Oh. Which is crazy because I think about in a marriage situation, like the most healthy thing, right? I mean, let me, let me, you're the marriage therapist. Let me tell you some. Uh, All right, give it to let me. me. Let me yeah, drop teach some. me. No, I'm just saying, I, I just, I feel goofy talking Why? about this to a professional. I, you're I'm, good. I mean, you're fine. I like wonder, like, I think about in a marriage situation for me, the healthiest, when I feel healthiest, I feel like we are fully ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're fully you, I'm fully me, and we, in the midst of that, are fully us. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I wonder, that's fascinating to me what you just said, because you, I could see it not feeling like you are given the mental oxygen to be fully you mm -hmm. because now you have to compensate mm -hmm. for someone that's going so far this side. Yep. Now I can't just be myself and be I have to level. manage everything else. Now I have to lean full yep. way more this way than I would. Mm -hmm. How 
are you good at recognizing when you feel that way? When you like, are, I don't, I'm just, I'm trying to think of like tactical things mm-hmm. for me. Are you naturally good at realizing in the moment, Oh, I'm overcompensating this because mm-hmm. of a lack of trust or a fear thing. Or is it yeah. usually after the fact that you feel No, that now way? it's within the last five years, it's been more preventative. I think before that it was just more reactive. Mm-hmm. And so then it would be after the fact, like, oh, he came through. Why did I freak out? Yes. And, you know what I mean? Like, and not, it makes it sound like he's not trustworthy, oh, yeah, yeah. but came through in that his thought process, his way of doing things yeah. was f- yeah. effective, right? Yes. So I think it was in the last five years, I became more preventative of like, oh, I'm starting to feel anxious about this. And, you know, it's things like, um, you know, we needed to get stuff for, we need to get her, Ruby's birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't going to do that. I had to do yeah. that. He, you know, get her, get her on our insurance. I mean, I mowed the lawn today because yeah. that's just not on his radar. Yeah. But he took Ruby for a walk and like has been talking to her and like singing to her and like yeah. playing music for her. And yes. like that stuff while I mowed the lawn and weeded and made lunch. And yeah. so there's a... Somewhat, Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Somewhat, yeah. Just taking Jeez, care of the guys all, these all day. Huh? around here. I have to care of um, That's so really part good. of it is like, it's just, that's just role, relationship yeah. role stuff. Yeah. But, and some of that's just personality. Yeah. But a lot of it is like, yeah, I feel like I lean into some of that stuff that I don't want to do because I feel like if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. And it's not because he doesn't care or he, yes. he's lazy, but yes. it just is not register for him that we would, oh, we have to put our daughter on our insurance and there's five steps to do that. And we have yes. to start at step one. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. so if I said this is what needed to happen, he would do it, but it doesn't dawn on him that I would need to. Yes. Do oh man. I, man, this is crazy. You're saying this cause I'm just <laughs> relating to the other side of that. And in a way of, I, do I, have, I have no idea why I'm admitting this. I did the, <laughs> the total a tool move this last week was uh, two Sundays ago was Sarah's birthday. Mm-hmm. And she, her personality is always thinking ahead. She's mm-hmm. probably more, like, I, like I feel like you are constantly, you're thinking big picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, she calls it, um, I can't, I'm just brain Futuristic, is, futuristic the, is, is her the thing. She's always, yeah. name for it. Yes. So she's always thinking a few steps ahead, mm-hmm. planning. Rob's birthday is coming up two months from now. I should start thinking mm-hmm. about a gift or whatever. And I, we were talking and she's like, well, all right. So my birthday is this Sunday. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And it was a Tuesday and it w- had nothing to do with her or my care for her. And it was fully, I did not realize that it was halfway through March mm-hmm. or May already. Mm-hmm. And that I did, it had nothing to do with her birthday, but I just didn't, wasn't even aware right. that the 20th right. was this next Sunday. Mm-hmm do and i so we've had we had to figure that out and she was super gracious with that and i was just a tool (laughs) in this year with her birthday um do you do you where does understanding come in Mm -hmm. of like okay this is how creative person is or this is how my spouse is Mm -hmm. and where does Where's the line of, I don't care if this is your natural thing. Accountability. You need to, yeah, yeah. you need to get better at this. Where's yeah. that coming mm-hmm. for? Well, let me give you, you, I think, let me give you an example of just like how that looks like in our house because he is very, he's on YouTube a lot. He's watching gear videos. He's watching, he will come home. He will teach all day, have a rehearsal, teach again. He'll be, he's been gone 14 hours Yes. and he'll come home and study something. Yes. 
Like, I'd come home and be like, let's watch Netflix yes. after a full day. He's like, well, yes. I gotta study. I mean, he's just, his capacity for work and his brain capacity is so high, such mm-hmm. a high level. I don't have that. I get tired mentally and yeah. I have to kind of rejuvenate. He's so amazing at that. But there's, there's, I've had to learn, okay, it's his day off, we're having a family day, and he's feeding Ruby, or he's, or even before the, our kid, I mean, just together, he's watching this YouTube thing, mm-hmm. or he's sitting on the couch playing guitar through yes. an album. He's got Beck on, and yes. he's playing through the whole album, or yes. Andrew Burton, he's playing, and I'm going, well, what are we doing today? Or like, I'll just clean while you play, I guess, or like, you know. Yes. And so there's an understanding of he's working. Yeah. That'd be like if I went and went and took a continuing education course. Yeah. Or that's if I went to go do a, a consult group. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing. But it just looks like he's just putzing around. Or it looks like he's just watching on his computer. Yes. So there's that. But then there's, okay, I'm going to give you one more hour. Then we need to have family time. Yes. So you got to quit it. Knock it off, right? But yeah. there is that balance of, but he's working and it fills him up. It's his hobby and his mm-hmm. job. Oh, yeah. It drains him and it fills him. Yes. And so I have to understand he's coming home and he's playing through that back yeah. album. It's because it's not what he's been playing all week or all weekend. He's been playing the same four songs. Yes. He gotta, has to come home and do something different. Yeah. And so I think I, that's just a learning. That's just learn. You just have to figure that out. There's not like a flag of saying mm. this is okay and this is not. You have to feel yeah. it out. But then the accountability is, okay, turn it off. Let's go. Let's go for a walk. Yes. Let's go do something. And he's like, sweet. And then he's so present with me. Yes. When he's with me, he's with me. Yes. But I ha- sometimes I have to say, okay, you're done. That, oh, man. Okay. So, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if you guys are like this. So kind of annoyance with Sarah is that she, when we, when we're out and we're, like you said, when he's with you, he's with you. Mm-hmm. When we're out, I a lot of times leave my can- my phone at home mm-hmm. and because I know myself and she kind of gets annoying because I'll say like, Hey, can you hand me your phone? Mm-hmm. I want to search where we're going next. Mm-hmm. I need to, can we, we need to pull up Google yeah, maps. It's always on yeah. her phone yeah. and it's totally annoying for her. She, and she always is saying like, why don't you just bring your own phone mm-hmm. and just not look at it? And I say, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like if I have that distraction there, I know like I'm going to see something and at, even if I don't allow myself to go down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. of whether it's a song or a link to something if something gets on my peripheral it's there yeah, my, it yeah, takes me tab, out of the moment there's an open tab now now I have an open yeah. tab mm-hmm. in my window browser mm-hmm. yes oh man okay that's it's interesting you, you recognize that mm-hmm. um, do you okay so maybe think um, if we flip it mm-hmm. and I think from the the other person's perspective mm-hmm. if you were to give let's take Jasper out of the equation because mm-hmm. he's inside hanging with a little crying Ruby I know right? Uh, if you were to give me advice mm-hmm. knowing that I live with someone um, that thinks similarly to what you're saying mm-hmm. uh, is there advice you give if like, you were in a session with someone that was like someone that considered themselves a creative mm-hmm. are there t- tricks or things mm-hmm. you found with Jasper that help well I think it kind of partners with that whole me not being recognizing that my rigidity was fear-based yeah or feeling whatever another emotion yes that i would say i'm not feeling instead of being rigid saying i'm feeling this like i feel like i can't trust you Mm -hmm. to take care of this or or whatever yeah and or i feel anxious about this whatever being 
that's the same thing for him is my anxiety can go down when he communicates to me what he's thinking or what he's feeling. So the more, so even though we're so different, the more time we've been married, we react to things more similarly. Mm. Even though we come about it very differently, I'm very linear and he's very nonlinear. We react to things the same or more similarly because we're both being able to say what is that we're feeling and thinking so that the other person knows, and then yep. it takes out any guessing, and it takes out vagueness, because vagueness always produces anxiety, right? Wait, all right, say that again. Vagueness always... Produces anxiety. Oh, I and gotta so, write that down. That's so good. If he's vague, I feel anxious. The more anxious I feel, the more vague he gets, because he doesn't want to make me feel more anxious. Yeah. But it's not working. And so, for you, being on that side, being able to just express what you're thinking... And how you're feeling about something takes the guessing game out for Sarah, yes. and then she can pers- proceed as normal. Yes. Instead of yes. playing games. Yes. Okay. One of the, with what you're saying there. One of the things that for us that was um, the biggest. We did some marriage counseling before we got married, mm-hmm. and the biggest takeaway from it was they mentioned the phrase un- unspoken expectations. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. And so that's constantly on our radar of like, okay, wait, are you, are you like sitting by the door expecting us to leave two hours ago mm-hmm. when I've just been like kind of doing my thing in right. the studio? Right. <sighs> yeah. So I think oh, that man. it just takes out so much guessing. Yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting. Okay. The vagueness, it, that quote is so good i'm gonna hold on to that because i've never heard that before <laughs> that's so mad that's so massive um i was gonna ask you a question i lost it um the question was uh what was the question i, I thought it, i thought it was awesome i thought it was so awesome <laughs> with this probably was uh my th- okay here yeah here it is abstractness mm-hmm. so the vagueness and abstractness is a big thing in my life um, as a, as someone that creates things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what it was. Um, I have realized when I create something, it always starts from vagueness and abstractness. Mm-hmm. I never have, like for the example for this podcast, like I, ne- I didn't have a full-fledged, this is what it's all going to look like. Mm-hmm. I had this kind of fuzzy thing and it's it's out there. Uh, and I, I know that I'm not going to figure out exactly the definitions around it until I just start doing it. Mm-hmm. And I just trust it's going to work mm-hmm. out. And I've realized whether it's writing or music, I have, I, I have to trust in the vagueness mm-hmm. and the abstractness because it's going to lead somewhere that leads to definition. Mm-hmm. If that may, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. And knowing that in the vagueness and abstractness are different and that you can be abstract and be very clear about your abstractness. And you can also be very structured, but be very vague about it. Yes. So they're not necessarily the same. I don't see them as the same. Vagueness and abstractness. Okay. So um, do you have, like, give me an example, because I am deep in the, I'm in the deep end of ignorance of this topic. Give me an example of vagueness. I've never thought about this before. Oh, I love that. So I have to think about this. So abstractness would be, um, here's a project. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you pull from all these different sources, and you feel from you're you're 
it's like like I was saying with Jasper, he gets from A to Z, yeah. but it's not A, B, C, Z, Z. It's A, and then it's maybe J, and then it's yes. back, and then around, and back, and whatever. Yes. But he gets there. That'd be abstract. But if he'd tell me what he's doing or where he's going next, even if it doesn't make sense to me, even if it's from B to W and then back to J, I don't care. I yes. just want to know where he's going. Yeah. So that would be being abstract but being clear about it. Yeah. That works for me. But if he's just doing it and not communicating, I'm going, what the heck? You're going the wrong way. You're going backwards. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be going towards the yes. end of the alphabet, and now you're going back. But it's just. But you don't know that don't you have to go backwards to go, go around forward. and make a U-turn. Right. It, yeah. Right. Oh. So it's just about communicating. This is what I'm doing. Or this yes. is why. Or. So then how would you define vagueness? When you're saying vague, when you say vague, what, like what comes in your mind of defining vague? Doing that same process, scenario. but not telling me how you're doing it. Yes. Then he gets a bad rap for not doing something when he's just not oh, explaining yes, it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's so good. Okay, I've never you, thought about this before. Yeah, me neither. Um, and this is why it's really cool for me. This is hmm. my direct link, uh, if I may be selfish for a second. Yeah. Is that um, with this podcast, I, am, I need to be able to be abstract in these conversations mm-hmm. while not being vague. Mm-hmm. Because, so, for instance, we sat down right before we started recording and you were saying, okay, what are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm. And I know in my mind that it's going to work out. We could just start talking mm-hmm. and it's going to be a great conversation and you should be cool with that. But I, I need to learn to convey that with the people I have on as guests in a way that's not vague. Right. And so maybe I need... This is all, I'm just working this through out loud mm-hmm. right now. And I'm thinking maybe I need to do something like, hey, okay, here's how it goes. Here's a, here's a couple of the talking points. But every time I've had these conversations, they've gone in a really cool way mm-hmm. that I didn't expect. So I'm going to let you know that I'm going to be, we're going to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And it's going to go someplace cool. And here's, a, here's something. So then, because I feel like I've had people on that are guests and you even possibly have like, what the hell are we well, about said, to get into? Well, I said, what's our goal? Yes, you that did. That was my first what's question. Was like, what's our goal for today? Because I don't need to know how we yeah. get there. I just want to know where you're going. Because that, Define to me, goal. That's so good. feels not vague then. Like, I know what Rob wants out of this. I don't know how we're going to get there. And yes. that's okay. But I just need to know what, oh, he, that's where he's so going. Oh, so good. That completely changes my trajectory <laughs> with this whole thing. Because from now on, I'm going to say... Uh, all right, here's my goal. Yeah. My goal is like these points and then we'll let it flow. Just, yeah. But these are things we're going to talk about. Oh, that's so good. I'm so pumped about this right now <laughs> in the most selfish way. <laughs> do, okay. Do you have like those sit downs with, in your relationship with creative? Do you have mm-hmm. those, uh, like defining things? All right. What's the goal? Like for this weekend, where, where are you? Like, do you set time limits of like, okay, for the next, from now till noon, you're going to be abstract. And I'm not going to count on seeing you. Mm-hmm. But then at noon, I expect you to be here. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you do that? Well, I think so. And part of it, too, is he... Um, yes, because... Part of that, I think, mainly of all that is... Yes. And yes. then just end it with that. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to add <laughs> I'm context just kidding, to it, yeah. but no, yes. Because creatives get lost in their creativity, and all of a sudden the day's gone. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. And it's not like a yes. malice thing. It's not like yes. a oh I don't want to be with you. It's just like oh it's four thirty. Yes. What what happened in the day? So yes. again, it's not a yes. Yeah, so you have to put in yeah. Yeah. Yes, you have to put in boundaries. Okay, let me throw this out. Yeah, I thought bec- uh, here's what's interesting with you and Jasper. This conversation is that I when I hear you talk about you and I hear you talk about uh, Jasper, I realize that I am both. 
I and I have these I'm and that's probably one of my biggest weaknesses which might be a strength of mine but my weakness is that I have all these conversations in my own mind of like defining myself as creative or I'm what am I doing like mm-hmm. what the hell I need to trust myself mm-hmm. all this stuff so as my brain is going berserk I'm realizing I'm oh I'm both of you and so I realize that I don't I feel lazy if I stay up super late at night I feel lazy even if I'm working on something or maybe I don't have anything to show for it. I feel lazy if I'm staying late up at night and then I'm waking up after Sarah because mm-hmm. I have this other side of like the non-creative side of me. But then I'm realizing when you're saying this, it's giving me definition for why the most beneficial time for me to do me creatively is at night when Sarah goes to bed mm-hmm. because then there's no expectations. Right. Like she goes to bed, then it's just like whenever I am tired enough to go to sleep mm-hmm. and I'm done with what I'm doing, right it doesn't affect her. Right. And she's kind of cool when she wakes up before me because she knows I was up late doing whatever I was exactly, doing. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't matter to her. Mm-hmm. And we'll have when she's home from work. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I have. There's no point to that, but I feel like you're just helping me define things in my own relationship with myself and Sarah that maybe I need to be more understanding of myself when I'm being creative. Well, I think part of that whole thing is like you're not just staying up late to... Um, I don't know, mess around, you're furthering your career. <laughs> like it's career development. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the one thing I think with creatives is it's not just like, Oh, I'm going and I'm just drawing this for fun yes. or I'm going through these scales or I'm playing through this or I'm, you know, whatever. It's like, no, I'm this is practice. Yes. This is bettering my profession. This is bettering yes. me professionally and it's filling me up personally so there doesn't have to be this dichotomy there doesn't have to be a paradox in it it can be both and that's fine it doesn't have to be so intentional in that this is personal development and this is career development sometimes it's both and it's okay just do Mm -hmm. it oh man that's really good i just had someone i had a buddy called me out like a month ago or something like that where he said i think you I think you're trying to define stuff too much sometimes hmm. of like you, you, you work stuff up in your own mind. You need to like, just let go and trust. And it's funny. I'm just, I'm all, I only say that because I'm thinking of this conversation where I feel like tr- the trust is a th- like kind of a thing that all this circles around mm-hmm. within like your relationship, mm-hmm. trusting that, okay, I don't need to go crazy my other way mm-hmm. outside of myself, trusting that it'll work out. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you, just, you said that you said saying, that yeah. you said that at the beginning of what you're mm-hmm. you're just trusting that his process is going to work out. Yeah. Whether it's gigs, mm-hmm. do you, this is maybe a little bit more of a personal question, uh, and you can totally not answer it. But do you ever, as someone that's married to someone whose work oftentimes can be confusing because it looks like play, mm-hmm. and it's even it's even mm-hmm. in the words of like I'm going to go play a mm-hmm. gig. Do you, what does that look like for you mentally? Like, is there any ever sort of like, not, I don't want to say jealousy. I don't think is the right resentment? word. Yes. Yeah. Resentment's <laughs> the word I'm looking for. Yes. What does that look like? Because it has to do with also our personalities in that he's an introvert and I'm an extrovert. His job is very public and very social. And my job is very isolating. So he goes and plays, let's say, on a weekend, right? And he's, I know he's working, but he's also in a green room talking and eating lunch with people and playing around yes. and having relationships. And so but when he gets home, he's like, I'm 
done. And I'm like, but I've been alone all day in yes. an office by yes. myself. Yeah. And I can't tell you what I've talked about because it's confidential. <laughs> yeah. And I need some social or like, let's yes. have people over. And he's like, I'm too tired. I've been with people all weekend. I'm like, but I haven't. Yes. And so I think that's Ugh. part of it is. I'm like, gosh, I would love to have a job where I just get dinner. Like someone says, what's your Chipotle order? And I, I'm yes. making my own freaking dinner and bringing yes. it and eating by myself in my little office by myself. Like yeah. I'm choosing it. It's fine. I love my work, but I have to realize yes. though that that is, it, to me, that's really appealing. But to him, sometimes it's very, it wears on him because he's mm -hmm. such an introvert. Yeah. So I have to balance like, oh, it must be nice that, you know, people just give you dinner and you get to hang out with your friends all weekend. Yes. Where he's like, well, no, I've been teaching and I'm tired. And it was. Yes. And the thing is, he makes everything look so easy. Everything he does looks so easy. It does look so easy. And, and even so from like another creative perspective. It's like so effortless, it just is, but yeah. it's not. I mean, he's yeah. put in time and For effort sure. and whatever. So I've had to really fight that because more so just because of the introvert extrovert thing more than like the yes. creative non-creative piece yes and his job is very can be very flashy so he was on tour in front of thousands of people staying in these four star hotels everyone's amazing and he's the greatest thing ever yes. and i'm in my office like saving people's marriages and no one gives two flips yes and it's like that's people put value on my job and his job differently yes he doesn't, and I don't. Yes, I'm not you know, jealous he, we of We all—it's a no-brainer for even me right here. Of like, that's obvious that there's no comparison. Yeah, and we it's don't care. It's almost silly. It's silly yeah. that it's. But it's flipped. like the outside people. Oh yeah. Who I don't care. Yeah. What they say, but it's also like, what's it like being married to a rock star? Yeah, that is. And it's funny. like, oh well, he's my husband, and when he comes home, he cleans a litter box. Like, yes. You know. Yeah. I honor his job, but. Yeah, it's, it's funny that sentence where he said, uh, "We don't care." And we don't care what other people think, but at the same time, there's this weird way that it impacts what people, other people think they say comments that just impact it in a weird way of like, Oh, what's that like? That's well, so cool. So I worked at a place that Jasper's really well known at. Yes. And they would say, Oh, you're Jasper's wife. Yes. And my old boss, Ray Zafke would say, yeah, Oh no, Ray. he, um, he's Amanda's husband. Yeah. He yes. always said that. That's cool. And it was like, Oh, that's nice. Like not that I need accolades or not that I need to, but I was, I'm always looked at as just Jasper's wife. Like, wow, you're mm. Jasper's wife, which I love being Jasper's oh, wife. Yeah. I love that people respect him. I love yeah. that people yeah. are wowed by that. But at some point it's like, but I'm just a person too. Yeah. Like just because I don't, I'm not flashy doesn't mean my yes. values are different. So I think it's people's constructs of it mm -hmm. are very heavy. Yeah. They are super heavy. That's a really great way to say that. Oh, man. And I love what we do, and I love our differences, and I love that we don't care what each other does. Like, I don't give two craps what kind of gig oh, he gets. Like, yeah. sweet. Like, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm not starstruck by you. Yeah. And he is super proud of me, and he'll say, like, how was your night? And, like, anything cool happen? And he's yeah. so interested in my work. Sarah, Sarah, someone asked Sarah recently and we were together they're like yeah i went rob was playing a couple local gigs and we went some and you weren't there like do you, you don't go to every show of his and he, she she was so caught off guard and she's like he doesn't come to work with me right. i mean it is this cool right. and then it's this weird thing of like the supportive thing where it is a cool situation if it's fun and there's friends there, and our friends are the same have, and yeah, they're all playing there yeah you have mutual totally. friends but it's not about yeah. it has nothing to do with like oh this is a cool gig mm -hmm. or something like that I think I've, yeah. I've said to Jasper, like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't go to that. And he's like, why would you go to that? Yes. Like, 
Why would you why do? Why would you yeah. come and do that? I'm like, oh, I just want. I wish I could. I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it and the value for us is the same because it's not about oh, it'd be so cool if you were here so you could see me doing something cool. You know, it's cool because in the down moments when I'm not doing this, it'd be You're cool there. to have you re- with mm-hmm. me, and that is the cool. Same thing. Yeah, totally. And experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I was just thinking about, I remember when we, when Owl City was playing Varsity Theater a few years back in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember that being the coolest gig because you were there, uh, Jasper's parents were mm-hmm. there. I, I, your parents weren't there, I don't think. Yeah, they were. Were they there? They came That's late. Right. They, they weren't. Okay. And like there. the same thing, my parents, like all our parents family, and family yeah. was there. Yep. And it was, and I remember thinking the same thing that it was so cool. It had nothing to do with what we were doing Mm-mm. it was just cool that like we all could just be there and it gave out. us an excuse to hang out mm-hmm. um well, that's right we yeah. all went to, i went to good earth with all of the parents remember yes with gabe's parents and totally. jasper's and mine and yours uh, <laughs> man okay okay that's right all right tell me about this how to give me your perspective on this thing then so then we play we're play we have to sound check right mm-hmm. And then you have all the parents. Sarah's parents come into town because that's when normal mm-hmm. people have off. Her Sarah's parents come in on a Friday and they're going to leave on a Sunday. And I have to leave on a Saturday morning and I'm busy till Sunday afternoon. And all the parents go with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying hanging out with parents is picking up slack by mm-hmm. any means. But to the extent of do force one half to be doing something creative and gone or whatever that mm-hmm. is it's always the second half picking up the slack mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. i don't know if that's been if that plays into any sort of resentment or if you, that just goes with the territory i think for you. it goes with the territory i mean we've been married 13 years and i can think of one weekend every year that we get together and it's the yeah. weekend it's the first weekend of the year because there's no services after christmas yes so there's literally one weekend a year that we spend together just the two of you or everybody? Just me and Jasper. Oh, the two of you. Because yeah. that's the only weekend he ever has off. Or he ever takes off. Yeah. He doesn't ever take a weekend off. Yeah. So that's the only... And so I'm alone every weekend and he teaches mm-hmm. all day Saturday yeah. and all day... And then he plays Saturday or Sunday night as well. So um, I've been alone every weekend our whole marriage. And so I go to weddings alone. I go to graduation parties alone. Mm. I hang... I do oh, stuff yeah. here. So I yes. end up working on Saturdays, Saturday oh, hours. Yeah. Great. People love coming in on Saturdays. Big deal. And then we have Mondays and Fridays stuff together. Not because you need to work or you want to work, but no. you might as well because well. you're just going to be around And then anyways. I'll take yeah. a Monday or a Friday off and then yes. we'll hang out. And so it just comes with the territory and I'm yeah. not mad about it because that's just what it is. I yeah. Mean, we and do other... It balances out, yeah. but... And the cool thing about yeah. you is, I've seen, is you have... The cool, the cool, you doing your own practice, you have even a little bit more flexibility with shifting stuff. Oh, like during yeah. the week, like the, totally. uh, the, the the Monday or Tuesday time, you guys could do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, knowing him, knowing me, there's also got to be times when, as an introvert, you still have to uh, understand. Well, you have to go do your own thing Absolutely. completely by so yourself. So usually one day a week is like you just go in the woods and go hiking and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll go grocery shopping or I'll go work or I'll go do my own stuff with my own friends. I got yeah. my own life. My yeah. own people, you know, I don't depend on him for that. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I think that's his marriage yeah. is just managing, whether you're an accountant or whether you're a creative or whether you're a whatever, I think it's just managing what do you need. Man, I, yeah, knowing what you need. I, um, Knowing what you need, and still, I'm still just thinking about that trust scenario, trust thing you said earlier. 
um, I interviewed this guy and he is in a creative role now or something. He, he did, he's, he's, uh, he was like one of my th- like fifth, maybe a fifth episode on this. And he owns a shrub company, like a cocktail mixer, mm-hmm. but he was high up at GM and anyway, long story. So he has the same two sides within him too. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he talked about is he feels like there's a misunderstanding of the importance of wins in your life mm. for people. Uh, I, th- I think he was just talking about anybody in general, but the importance of, we all think that we need to, well, you just need to have faith. Like if you, you just need to trust mm-hmm. like the blind trust. Like that's all we, when you say trust, the first thing that naturally comes up to me is like, well, you just need to trust that things Take are going to work leap. out. Take the yeah. big leap or, you know, go, you're creative. So you just, that means you just jump blind. No, his deal was saying that you trust comes from past wins completely for him. Exactly. So he, he was talking yeah. about the importance of looking backwards mm-hmm. on your wins and allowing that to give you confidence for the future. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that's, if you've seen that in your relationship. Yeah. Well, I think marriage in general is just a bunch of little moments. I mean, that is such a (laughs) tiny sentence, but so (laughs) awesome and huge. Just a bunch of tiny moments. All right, go on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you have more good, tiny moments than bad, you're going to have trust. And so, I mean, scientifically it's a five to one ratio. You need Uh five good things for every one bad thing. Right. But, well, but wouldn't I don't know that. Break that down. For every like ba- one bad interaction, you need five good interactions to nullify the one. It's not a one to one. So if you say something crappy to Sarah, you have to do five good things to nullify the one crappy thing. Really? In general, yeah. That's what research would say. And so marriage is a, just. A, I think it's just a series of little tiny moments. And knowing that if there's more of those, the fives. Yeah. <laughs> than the ones. Um, you can build trust. I'm just writing that down so I remember it for personally. Yeah. And it only takes one big one to lose all that trust. One. Yeah. Oh, that is so heavy. It's, but I mean, it's like kind of honestly, if I'm being honest, it's kind of scary. Yes. Like the, the thought that like one big, if it's a big enough one could decimate so Mm -hmm. many, so much more. Mm -hmm. But if they're all equal, mm-hmm. you're saying five to one. Yeah. Have you heard about that? The psychology um, studies that say negativity is our brains with negativity are like um, non-stick surfaces. No. Uh, oh no, wait, wait, I think I'm flipped around. So I, I read, I heard a a psychology study that came out that said uh, for our brains latch onto negativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a survival mechanism, so it, that yes. we protect ourselves from it happening again. Is that where it comes from? It's like our amygdala. It's like an almond-sized part in our brain that keeps negative, traumatic, and bad things in our memory so that we are safe in the future so that we don't get ourselves into that again. Yes. So it's a survival thing, which is why trauma is trauma, because it sticks. You can remember bad things easier than you can remember really good things. Yes. Okay. I didn't know that was why. And then they were saying our brains act to good moments like Teflon and mm-hmm. it takes 15 seconds of thinking on it, something good really? for it to stick. That's what they were saying. Wow. They're saying a 15. So I, for some reason that stuck with me, the 15 second rule of you need to like, you need to sit and almost wow. and just take in whether I think they were talking about something like a baby looking at your baby. It takes 15 seconds of really just soaking that in mm-hmm. for that moment and positivity to wow. stick in your brain. That's a long time. If you That's think a about long it. time. Yeah. And that is, 
It just makes me think hmm. of your f- your five to one thing mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, all right. Um, before we wrap this up, because I, it's almost like you have a newborn inside that you have <laughs> to take care of. Uh, for me, being someone that's in a creative field, mm-hmm. and I have, I'm sure people listening to this are going to be in the same scenario what, on whatever side of the coin they're on. Mm-hmm. Is there, what advice would you give to someone like me in my scenario of like, are there any tip, like practical things I can start doing to make it easier on like a Sarah? <laughs> I know that's loaded. Mm-hmm. Advice is a no, hard thing. Yeah. But is there anything that you're like, oh, I really love this? Well, I think it's that being, taking the vagueness out of your process. And whatever that looks like for you. I <laughs> mean, vague and saying yes. that. But um, for oh, Jasper, so I'll say, what are you doing today? And he'll say stuff stuff and things what is that what are you doing today yeah i just gotta do a bunch of stuff which how is funny because there's a youtube channel yeah. called stuff and things yeah. how <laughs> long is that gonna take i don't know okay i need some more i need some more yeah i don't care what you're doing i just need to know i just yes. kind of want to know and then it's yes. like, okay i'm doing this so once you figured that i don't don't like that 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 causes anxiety for me because what yes. is my day then when do I factor into your day? How do you factor into yes. my day? Um, just so just communicating your process, I guess. Yes. I mean, you know, that's awesome. And also I think on the other side of it is recognizing as the person who's taken a different path and a non-creative path, so to speak. And I was thinking about this last night about gear mm-hmm. and money and that I spent tons of money on tuition, undergrad, hmm. master's, licensure process. So every time he buys a guitar, I think of it as just like him paying tuition. <laughs> so I never, ever say you can't buy that. I've never told him in all these years, you can't buy this. Or I never question. He never has hmm. to ask me, can I buy this? Can I do this? It's like, yes. I don't care. I trust no. that you you're trust. making the That's right decision. Yes. I trust that. You're not, you're not just doing this because it's the next thing. Yes. Or whatever. But sure, I spent tons of money on my education so I could be doing my job. You have to spend money on stuff so you can do your job. So I think understanding that it's not just if it's not a hobby. Yeah. Not just a hobby. Yeah. Like, gosh, let your people just buy their stuff. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. They have to. Yes. To do their work, they have to spend money to it's do stuff. It's an investment. Yeah. Okay. Don't I give think, me grief about it. Well, I think. I think part of where you're coming from with that, I will say from the external side, mm-hmm. seeing, uh, seeing a lot of different experiences with different musicians, um, I think there's probably a lot of trust that you two have together because Jasper has, Jasper has a characteristic that, is, uh, that I don't have, that's a weakness of mine, and what it is with the gear side that you're talking mm-hmm. about is that I am very impulsive. Mm. I am I'm very my instinct is if I think it right now, I've gotten as soon as I can get my hands on it, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And if that means I'm, I'm buying high, selling low, it's so He makes it. money off people like you. Yes. Jasper <laughs> makes money off people <laughs> like me. On eBay. Yes, it totally is. So his deal, he's really good. I've always seen that. He's like, no, I'll sit on, I will, he, I will sit on <laughs> yeah. this until I find the highest bidder. Or I right. will, he will have his, he'll have a, um, like a pedal that he's, he's wanted for two years and it would be great for all mm-hmm. the music he's doing, but he will wait mm-hmm. until it's the perfect deal and he's not impulsive like me, which is my 
second tip. You, I just did it. What? I opened it up and I got you to where you needed to be. You didn't even know. Oh my, my second I feel tip, so betrayed. My second uh, tip I feel for so betrayed. people who are the creatives <laughs> is you have to build that trust yes. and you have to do it well. Yes. And you have to be smart about it so that your person can trust that if you do something, it, it's going to work yes. out. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. As the non-creative, I have to let you buy your stuff. Yes. But you have to prove to me that you are doing yes. it well. So not being impulsive, but uh, doing it for the family in a way, in a weird. I mean, that sounds weird, but like, yes, it's not about just you. It's yeah. about us. The, yes, but it's about and you. Career. That doesn't. That's and it's like the trust thing. It's like the the looking backwards. You ha- the five to one thing, the mm-hmm. fifteen second rule. Like it's all you have to. You have to prove yourself to get to that point there's mm-hmm. no like you can't flip a switch and be like i trust you now mm-hmm. no it might take a few years mm-hmm. um right yeah and that's it's it sounds really great and easy to say right now but that's really frustrating for me because i think my relationship with sarah and like how many times i've broken that trust and how much more i need to work on uh, mm. certain aspects of us and be aware um that's forever oh, that's everybody oh yeah, i mean for we, sure. we certainly don't have this figured yeah. out Man, I just think I think in all this stuff. I mean, I love, I love that I'm just constantly trying to convince Jasper to be on this podcast, <laughs> and he may never do it. And so well, that's fine. I'll just have your wife come sit down and talk about you. But and I will. I, the thing is, it's so cool and exciting for me uh, seeing him, and because we we were together all week, mm-hmm. and he says things like. He goes, people say, well, you guys want to go hang out? Like, you want to go grab a beer after a rehearsal or whatever it is? And he goes, now, literally, he goes, Amanda's, Amanda's been home with Ruby all day. And so I'm going to go home and I'll, I'll grab a Ruby. Oh, and nice. that was what he said last night. People oh. were going out and he's like, well, yeah, like, Amanda's been home all day. So I'll go oh. home and I grab Ruby so she can actually, like, sleep or do yeah. something. <laughs> and so it's funny. Oh, nice. It's just like we have this thing about this putting people in a box that says oh you're creative that means you that gives you an excuse to be lazy you could be selfish whatever but yeah. no it doesn't give you an excuse it just means you maybe look at things differently and it might mean more work than you think in the long run for you and so let's mm-hmm. i want to wrap it up with this mm-hmm. it we've mm-hmm. talked about all the work all that stuff mm-hmm. in the long run is there i want I want to like end with like positivity. Is there like, can you mm-hmm. think of a moment you on the other side, remember yourself in the recent past of saying, Oh man, I'm so pumped that I'm with someone oh, yeah. that's creative. I'm sure it's more. Oh, often. every day. Yeah. It's every day. He thinks in a way that I don't and I need that. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's more than just like, Oh sweet. He was on TV or Oh cool. He did this. It, yeah. It's like, um, the level of life hmm. that he brings into our marriage and to our yeah. family and just to my life yeah. is something that I don't think he would bring if he, if he didn't think the way that he thought. Yeah. If he wasn't oh. so colorful <laughs> yes. in his totally. thought process, yeah. I think our life would be a lot more boring. He's so Yes. That's so sappy, but oh man, it's so good. Oh man, it's so good. There's so many times I'm like, gosh, he's so right, or man, I didn't think about that. 
because I'm in my little box. I'm my A to B to C to D, and he's did something else. I'm like, man, that's a better way to do it. Like, oh yeah, totally. Um, and at the same time, I will say, I'll interject and say, it's it's so aware to us being in the thing that it's not color versus black and white, Bore, bland. You bring the bland and the mm-hmm. boring. It's there is. I think the coolest part about this whole thing, even chatting with you now, is the it's a realization that it's not that you're creative and I'm not. You're colorful. I'm bland. It's this thing of like, oh, you come at your creativity. You have to be more. Your intentionally show your creativity shows itself in more intelligent ways and less maybe less obvious or like cliche ways Mm -hmm. or something like that, which I just think is awesome. Hmm. Because Sarah and I. Not to interrupt, sorry. No, I realized I'm you're fine. Sarah and I were just talking last night of like, because we have like, this entire conversation is constant with us. And even I was, the thing, the thing about it is that, um, what people don't understand the, in, out, that aren't in this kind of relationship, they don't understand that it's not a, oh, you're with a, a creative spouse and they're putting stuff out into the universe. no. Like this person comes home and it's your synergy mm-hmm. and maybe they're on the side that people see in the universe, but none of that, it doesn't happen outside of the two of you creating. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure Jasper comes to you and like asks you, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? Do you like that? Mm-hmm. What do you think? And you, I could see you. I mean, I'm just saying at least for Sarah and I, she's the mm-hmm. biggest filter in my life. Mm-hmm. Like saying, yes, no, mm-hmm. I like this. I don't like or this. Or I take care of a lot of the, the boring things so that he can have like the insurance, <laughs> yeah. like I mow the lawn, like all these things yeah. so that he can go and create. Yes. And then he takes care of stuff so that I can uh. go and create. And so it's, it's more about relationship roles and doing our strengths so that other person yes. can flourish because I'm not good at doing, let's say finances. He does all our finances. If I had to do our finances stuff, I wouldn't be able to do as much of my own business stuff or my own things. He has yes. no clue about any a lot of our stuff that I do. He doesn't have any idea of what I do yeah. a lot of times in yeah. administration of the household stuff. But he, why does he need to? I'll do it. I'm good at yeah. it so that he can go and play through a Beck yeah. album for two yeah. hours while I go and work on our medical expenses. To and make not sure, in the sense you know, that neither of us want to do it, so I will. I'll just Not at all. It's like I'm better at it, so I do it. He's better at a bunch of other things than he does it. Yes. And I don't know what he's doing Yeah. because I'm able to go and do my own thing during that time. Oh, so it's it's more about that. That's so awesome. That's it. That's so good. <laughs> the man, uh, all right, I will, I will just say, as cheesy <laughs> it is, I mean, it's so weird, this whole conversation, the fact that we're sitting here like having conversations <laughs> with microphones at your house, <laughs> it feels so weird to have these things, but I want to say like publicly, if this goes out there, people are listening, thank you for being cool and like allowing I just think of like every memory I have being naked with Jasper in a Japanese uh, spa, spa or like the two of us eating like food in Manila together yeah. of a street vendor or like the goofy things or like even in town last night or whatever. Like thanks for like, I'm so thankful you are who you are. That's like, I'm almost like getting emotional here. Mm-hmm. Like for letting uh, him do that thing in a way that like impacts people like me. And mm-hmm. so just thankful for that you are getting emotional (laughs) rob morgan is crying on my deck no i'm just like super thankful i'm a big fan of you guys yeah well thanks cheesiness (laughs) right here (laughs) Uh, so good the moment this is what it is yeah do you feel good yeah Uh, 
<laughs> oh my best friend. <laughs> Tears. Um, yeah. Yeah, you feel good with this? Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Mm-hmm. This was so good. All right, mm-hmm. let's end it with this. Okay. Is there anything else? And um, that's it. No. I'll let you get back to Ruby. We're good. Thanks let's for have dessert. <laughs> yes. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. Alright. That's it. Thanks. Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. (laughs) Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. (laughs) Perfect.